listener, and welcome to another edition of the Coco and Delts podcast. We're real people, and we do real reviews. And let me just say off the top, listener, that Coco barred me from doing rootin' tootin', rootin' tootin'. <laughs> but did I, though? Because you basically just did it. Yes, I just did it straight up. I'm not Coco. And I'm not Daltz. And not Daltz, what are we talking about in this fine, fine episode of the Coco and Daltz podcast? This fine 149th episode of the Coco and Daltz wow. podcast. So if you go back in our feed a few episodes, you'll see that we reviewed the first episode of the second season of Ted Lasso, the soccer comedy series on Apple TV+. Today, we're looking back at the entire second season. Mm -hmm. It just concluded this past Friday, uh, if you're listening to this in real time, because why wouldn't you? Mm -hmm. So season two, uh, as I mentioned, is on Apple TV+. It was 12 episodes. Apparently, they had plotted out story arcs for 10 episodes when Apple came back and said, we want two more. So there were a couple standalone episodes. One was a Christmas episode. The other was A Night in the Life of Coach Beard, Uh, but everything else was pretty in service of various storylines during the season. Rebecca and uh, team owner Rebecca and young player Sam had an illicit romance after meeting Mm. on a dating app, which is now the sponsor of AFC Richmond after Sam led a protest against Dubai Air or something like that, Mm -hmm. which causes environmental chaos in his native Nigeria. Uh, The team hired a new shrink, Dr. Sharon Fieldstone, who talked to various players and staff members. Ted, Coach Ted, uh, we found out that he had some trauma related to his father from his youth. He started having panic attacks. Uh, Coach Beard had that one standalone episode that I won't go into, although I'm sure we will later. Yes, We will. Uh, Most of the players were pretty sidelined. Jamie Tart had a couple episodes. Jamie Tart, rootin' tootin' tootin'. (laughs) No. Uh, Roy and Keeley, they're still together. Their relationship was a bit shaky at the end of the season. Uh, Higgins is Higgins. And uh, did I miss anything? I'm glad to see Higgins moved on from his life with Magnum because I was looking for him to get another <laughs> job. And, and he shaved the Hitler stash. Yeah, and he yeah. shaved the stash and, and is not as portly, but he's friendlier. So I like I like Higgins's character arc from 1982. Oh, and I should also mention uh, Trent Krim is now independent, not with the what? independent. You're spoiling. You realize yes. you're spoiling a lot of this stuff for people. Well, this is already five days old. And yeah, but not everybody has binged it like we have. Okay. Well, I didn't say why he is independent now. Oh, okay. So, and... Because uh, it was the drug use. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. No. I mean, he's a journalist, so... Right. That yeah. just comes with the territory. And then uh, they may or may not, AFC Richmond, have gone up to the Premier League mm-hmm. um, after being relegated last season. And there may <laughs> be some season-long drama with Nate. So... So... Let's examine themes to this series. Let's. Coco, what do you think was the overarching theme for this? So the first uh, the first season was just like, hey, it's it's a guy out of water, you know, like a fish out Feel of water. Feel good comedy. Feel good comedy. He's a nice guy. We like him. We need some nice people these days because everybody's grouchy and mean and customer service sucks. So we need somebody who's happy and joyful and looks at the positive side of things. 
And I love that. Uh, it was something exactly what we needed, especially with the pandemic and everything like that going on, you know, world hunger, etc., job strife. Uh, it was really nice to have that uplifting Ted Lasso character. Second season to me was like Ted Lasso, the dark years. <laughs> and it ended up going a little bit twisty. And we should say for uh, listeners, uh, edification that we expect there to be only three seasons of Ted Lasso. And so there's a traditional uh, introduction, conflict resolution kind of arc going on here with each uh, season. So we expect the third season to tie a lot of bows on a lot of these storylines. But the second season was really kind of testing the boundaries of whether it was funny or not. And it succeeded as far as I was concerned. I mean, they went in a lot of different places. They went dark a little bit with Ted with his childhood drama or uh, trauma that uh, was actually pretty horrific. And it felt a lot more like a traditional sitcom in the second season, whereas the first season to me was just like, these guys are funny and I'm not expecting them to say the things that they, they say and all that sort of stuff. Um, however, having said that, I think the second season was still really good overall. Wow. What were your overarching themes, Coco, throughout the second season? <laughs> well, yeah, the first season was just very feel good. There were some external villains. Uh, Rebecca was one mm -hmm. that got resolved at the end of season one. Season two, you know, I mean, if you've read any review of season two online, you already know this, but season two was all about overcoming internal struggles as mm -hmm. opposed to external challenges. So everybody had internal things they were going through nate ted rebecca coach beard roy jamie you know even danny rojas even though he <laughs> was marginalized for most of the season um he he kind of which please for the love of dog writers for season three please bring the players back in like yes. i want to see more danny rojas danny like, rojas was awesome that scene where he's at the funeral with the shoes and <laughs> he's walking in the, it's the first time he's ever worn dress shoes and he's walking in there he's like and they're will, creaking yeah i will take them home and i will burn them <laughs> it's I, like any guy who's ever worn dress shoes knows exactly that pain yeah so please bring you know more focus onto the players for season three yes. that might be really my only complaint about season two. I didn't mind season two going internal as much as a lot of people did. I know season two is pretty polarizing. You can't really, I think, maintain aw shucks feel good status for three straight seasons. I mm -hmm. feel like you kind of have to go through the turmoil to get back to that at the end. So you there have can to have be, some depth. Yeah, there can be character growth. Right. Um, but I really wanted to see more of Danny Rojas and Colin and Will, who's the new Kit Kid, and Isaac, uh, I think that's the name of the captain. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of the, like, and the Dutch guy. Mm -hmm. There were a lot of players, like, everybody on that cast is so good. Mm -hmm. And there were a lot of players I wish we could have seen more of in season two. Yeah. And I think that's part of the reason that season one was so successful and so good and so funny and so different is that we saw Roy. We saw Roy Kent as a player and in mm -hmm. struggling with the fact that his skills are fading. And then you saw young Jamie Tart coming in there and making fun of him. There was conflict there. You saw a lot of the other characters had a lot of, like you said, Coco, had a bigger presence and had a more substantial role in driving the story along. So, you know, Ted Lasso was challenged by these kinds of things. And how do you make a young guy get along with an old guy who's on the way out? And that kind of stuff was not really all that present in the second season. It was, as you mentioned, it was a lot internal. I think that one of the things that we've talked about previously and while watching it is that the, the villain last year was very much, like you said, was 
the former club owner, the, you know, the, Rebecca's husband. There was Rebecca at one time was a bit of a villain. In um, this season, it seems like a lot of the villains were internal. It was mm-hmm. it, everybody was struggling with something that they had inside them, and so the villains were in themselves in some ways. However, Nate the Great is uh, setting up to be the villain for the third season, and Rupert, Rebecca's ex-husband, is coming back as well, which I am excited about because Anthony Head is fantastic, and you. Why do you cast Anthony Head in that role if you're just going to have him quietly bow out? Right. You know, after using him for. Four episodes, I think he made an appearance in over the first two seasons. Mm-hmm. So I really hope we see a lot of Rupert and Nate in their new roles as villains in season three. And I will also say, I hope that we finally get season three Ted learning about soccer. Because <laughs> one of the things I said when we talked about episode one of the second season was that Ted doesn't know anything really about soccer and he also doesn't appear to try to be learning about it so we've never gotten I thought we might get that after the season one episode where coach Beard tells Ted you know Ted has his line about I don't care about wins and losses I just want to make these guys you know be Mm -hmm. the best versions of themselves and coach Beard finally loses it on him a little bit and says but these aren't 19 year old kids in your American college football program. These are professionals. If they lose a lot, that's going to impact the rest of their lives. It's going to impact their professional careers. It doesn't matter how good they are. If they're on a crappy team, this is going to destroy their earning potential for the rest of their lives. So you need to care about this. And I thought at that point, the light might go off for Ted and Mm -hmm. we might see a montage of him reading soccer for dummies and watching (laughs) YouTube videos of the hand of God goal. And we've never seen that. And even in season two, he still kind of seems to be floating along Mm -hmm. and letting Nate design like all the plays and stuff for him. So hopefully now that Rupert and Nate are on a team that is a rival for AFC Richmond, now that they are back up, you know, with the big boys, Hopefully Ted now finally gets his head out of his ass and says, maybe I need to actually learn about this sport that I'm probably being paid a whole lot of money Mm -hmm. to coach. And that also caused me to leave my child Mm -hmm. the same way my father left me when I was a young man. Mm -hmm. And I'm just repeating that cycle with another generation. I I don't have anything to offer there. That was, that was just really (laughs) deep and thoughtful. I don't don't know what to say. Have you been, have you been drinking? Like (laughs) maybe. No, I I agree with what you said there, Coco, all that stuff, because why wouldn't I? And if I was to disagree, I would be on the couch. So theoretically, though, um, I think the third season is going to be really uh, a test of our goodwill for uh, Ted Lasso, like you said. Um, not a guy who really has done a lot of tactical stuff. And I don't see Coach, Coach Beard is reading like philosophical books sitting <laughs> right. at his desk and he's got like little tabs, you know, little sticky notes on them. Like he's not reading a lot of soccer stuff either. Nate's been guiding a lot of the strategy. Uh, Roy Kent, who's now on the staff, he's been just kind of yelling at them. He hasn't really been talking a lot of tactics. So I, I, this doesn't have to be like the, you know, the football uh, experts show or anything right. like that. But at the same time, I think that, yeah, he's just standing there yelling encouragement from the sidelines. I think a coach does more than that. So, yeah, to your point, he's trying to, he's not really trying to be anything more than a fish out of water. So, I think that needs to change in, in this third season. And I think if he cares about making people better, he should care about making himself better and modeling, okay, I'm completely out of my element, mm-hmm. but I'm going to rise to this occasion and I'm going to be the person that my team needs me to be and not just 
stand here and blow a whistle and right. teach them how to do the bye-bye-bye dance when Dr. <laughs> Sharon leaves the team, which was amazing. And I have watched that on Danny Rojas's Instagram feed about 8 million times, <laughs> like the footage of them doing the bye-bye-bye dance. That's amazing. So let's talk about the Coach Beard episode and the Christmas <laughs> episode. Two standalone episodes that were ordered, as Coco said, because Apple wanted more, more, more when they probably should have just left it at 10. I liked the Christmas episode. I Well, you're big into Christmas. <laughs> I'm big into Die Hard. There we go. I'll, I'll use the same line I used yesterday when you also accused me of liking Christmas. I, I really accused liked... you. <laughs> I really liked the Christmas episode. The Coach Beard episode wasn't my favorite. I didn't dislike it. Mm -hmm. I think it's good because he's so taciturn, but he's clearly extremely important. I know. Take a shot, listener who takes a shot when we use big words. Good word. Uh, He's clearly important to Ted, and he's a character that he's so interesting. He seems so interesting that I would like to learn more about him. Mm -hmm. So having the opportunity to learn more about him is a good thing to know more about this character. But I didn't super love the episode. It was just kind of weird for me. Like he's at a disco in a church and (laughs) they're dancing to a song that's 15 years old. And I don't know. It was just strange. What did you think? Yeah, I so those two episodes were what I was referring to mainly when I said it felt like a traditional uh, sitcom because it went into the territory. It's like, oh, we're, we're, we got to come up with an idea for an episode. <laughs> what are we going to do? And then like this, the Christmas episode. Okay, sounds good. Let's do a Christmas episode, which was actually pretty good. I mean, Christmas away from your family and all that sort of stuff. There were some there were some chords there that were successfully struck. Um, but the beard episode, I liked it if it hadn't been in Ted Lasso. Like if it had been another series, I think it would have been really good and really funny. I just don't think it added anything. Um, I feel like it was very much a, uh, an add-on. You could tell that mm-hmm. it was tacked on because there, the other players weren't involved and it was the fans and, and Coach Beard and there weren't really a lot of the other characters in there uh, in the show. Um, I also think it was kind of like the equivalent to the old timey, you know, Friends episodes or Brady Bunch episodes where they do the wavy lines and, you know, like, remember when we used to do this? And then it was like a throwaway episode that was actually just clips from other episodes Mm -hmm. cobbled together. It felt like a kind of cop out, even though there was not that really in in this episode. It It felt like that kind of cop out where, yeah, it just it just didn't add a lot to me. But what you said, I liked. uh, I agree as well is that I liked. Coach Beard, I like him as a character. I want to learn more about him, but I just don't think I learned more about him. Right. Because he was raging it up overnight after a bad loss. I mean, he just... And having issues with his girlfriend. Right. Aren't we all? Yeah. (laughs) It felt... You have a girlfriend? (laughs) It felt to me, and I mentioned this to adults when we actually watched that episode, like in the second season of Stranger Things, it was a little bumpy, but finally around episode six or seven... Like it got some momentum, and at the very end of that episode, you see the demogorgons coming up out of the pit, and they're coming toward the command center. Mm-hmm. And then that's the very end of the episode, and you're like, "Oh my god, I can't wait to watch the next episode!" <laughs> but then the next episode, they it's like the record scratches, right? And you follow Eleven to Chicago, where she reunites with some other people who she was in the research center with, and they track down some people who treated them badly or whatever. And it was just that episode with Eleven was such a momentum killer for the season. Mm -hmm. And the Beard episode kind of felt like that Mm -hmm. to me. Yeah, I agree with that. And that we talked about that when we did the uh, Stranger Things 
uh, podcast is it felt like a spinoff episode to me. It's like, okay, yeah. Stranger Things is so successful. We want to get more money. So what are we going to do? We create a bunch of separate characters and do a show with them. And that's what it felt like. And that's not what happened. But that's a kind of the same thing with the with the beard episode. I think uh, overall it was a, it was really well done. The season was engaging. Um, I think that, like you said about Stranger Things, sometimes when you have a, a, a out of the blue success in your first season, you're almost like a victim of your own success in that second season, the sophomore slump kind of thing. I think for the most part, Ted Lasso avoided that. Like, I yeah. think it was still pretty good. Mm-hmm. I think there were some struggles there and some issues, and it wasn't quite the same kind of vibe as the first season, but that was okay. It actually mm-hmm. worked out fairly well. I'm interested to see how they pull it all together in the season three. I want exactly like you said, I want more players because to me, as a as a former player myself. <laughs> Not soccer. <laughs> Not soccer. But as a guy who has spent some time in dressing rooms, locker rooms, and the banter back and forth, it was it felt really authentic to me, really genuine. And I wanted more of that because that's really entertaining to me. And we don't have that kind of thing very much. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're going to talk about, uh, we watched the Leafs documentary on uh, Amazon. We're going to talk about that at some point too. But um, it has the same kind of vibe where you see athletes just giving each other crap all the time and making fun of each other, but they love each other. And that's mm-hmm. the like that's the kind of thing that I really liked about the first season. And we didn't really see that as much in the second season. So I'm hoping a little bit of... They advanced the the ball, to use a sports term, a little bit in the third uh, season, but also bring it back a little bit to the first season. So overall, Coco, out of 26 letters, <laughs> and you can't use H, <laughs> which is a private joke, um, what did you rate uh, second season of Ted Lasso? So the first season, I would give like an A++++++. It wow. was so good. Like wow. the second season... I liked it not as much as the first season, but I give it like an A minus. Okay. Yeah, I probably, I'm probably with you like an eight and a half or nine. Wow. Yeah, I really like the first season. Um, and then the second season is probably an eight. Oh, okay. Not a seven because I give yeah. everything a seven. You give everything a seven. Yeah. Although I did go back and listen to one episode a, a few days ago when you gave something like a four or a five and I was like, whoa. So that. you're the one who's been look, listening to our episodes. <laughs> right. So you, our listener. Our download numbers have spiked because I've been going back and listening to our archives. Because so. you've been driving in your car a lot and you need yeah. something to listen to. That's true. All right. Anything else to offer up on this spectacular Ted Lasso, which is just found on Apple Plus? I'm not sure we mentioned that, but... I did mention that, yes. Okay. I'm sure you did. I'm sure that the second uh, the credit, the, the outro fades out, I will think of 18 other things to say, but... Do you want me to fake the outro? I can do it with the, <laughs> the root and tootin' if you want me to. No, that's okay. I'm good. What, about, right. what about you? Anything else to add? No, nothing else to add. Uh, I think all I want to add is thank you very much for joining us, listener, for another episode of the podcast. I'm not Coco. And I'm not Dolls. <laughs>